everyone. I'm Taylor from TaylorPayman.com, and I help mamas create empowered, joy-filled lives so they can show up for motherhood, their careers, and themselves with more confidence, happiness, and fulfillment. This week's guest is Kate from KatherineMarieBirth.com. Kate is a Bay Area hypnobirthing childbirth educator and an experienced labor and delivery nurse of 16 years. She is a mama of two and started teaching hypnobirthing through the Marie Mangan method after the hypnobirth of her first child. I was that crazy pregnant lady that read everything and tried everything (laughs) to prepare for Blue's birth, but the only thing I didn't have a chance to explore was hypnobirth. So it was really great learning from Kate in this episode, and I always find it really interesting hearing about health professionals who opted for more natural births themselves or explored alternative methods uh, to support their labor. So it was really interesting to hear um, Kate's perspective on this and to learn more about hypnobirthing. In this episode, Kate shares about the first time she witnessed a hypnobirth as a labor and delivery nurse and how it inspired her to seek out those tools in the future when she gave birth to her sons. She also shares the anxiety she felt prior to her first son's birth and how she stumbled into hypnobirthing by trying to ward off the nurse curse. And of course, Kate talks us through how hypnobirthing actually works through the Marie Mangan method and how its various tools can help us drop into new places of relaxation to help release the fear and tension you may be holding around birth. And she talks us through her hypnobirthing classes, what to expect, and what are some of the tools you and your partner will learn. If you're interested in taking one of her upcoming classes, you can um, check her website. I'll leave the link in in our show notes. She's got one starting up October 21st and another one starting on December 2nd. And they're a series. There's a couple classes in there. After speaking with Kate, I'm reminded that there is more than one way to birth a baby, and I believe finding the tools to support you in the path that you ultimately take to bring your child into the world is part of the journey into motherhood, (laughs) and then ultimately finding your, your own way throughout motherhood. All right, let's dive into this week's episode. Because I will say hypnobirthing has been something that I've been really curious for myself. Like there was, I would say there wasn't something that I explored when I was pregnant. I was one of those like crazy ladies that's like, I need to learn all the things. And looking back, I know it was just like the nervous, nervousness creeping in of trying to over prepare. But um, yeah, hypnobirthing has always intrigued me. So I'm really glad that we can talk about this topic and you're definitely an expert. So (laughs) I've been working as um, a nurse for the past, uh, I guess since 2003, so 17 years, Mm -hmm. um, mainly in labor and delivery. The last few years, I've been working in just postpartum to kind of have a little less stress in my life um, as I had my own children. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after the birth of my first son, Teddy, um, I decided I wanted to be a hypnobirthing educator um, because I used hypnobirthing, the hypnobirthing techniques um, for my own birth. Um, And yeah, I have a mother of two. My son, Teddy, is just turned three in June and Archer is uh, nine months. I keep kind of losing track of (laughs) 
And um, yeah, I'm from the East Coast originally, but I've been out in the Bay Area, I guess since 2006, been in California really since I graduated college um, with a few like side trips here and there because I was a travel nurse for a while. So I've, I've worked um, on the East Coast. I've worked um, in New Orleans actually for a year and my heart kept pulling me back to California. So <laughs> I've tried to leave a few times, but um, this is definitely my home. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I love it here. I love the people. I love the vibe, um, the nature. Um, I do a lot of outdoor activity, hiking and um, cycling and yeah, just <laughs> enjoy cool. lots of time with my family. And a couple of things you said. One, I love your son's names. They're very <laughs> cool. I love that. Archer and Teddy. Mm -hmm. um, two, you mentioned you've tried to leave California and it's like the vortex that pulls you back. I mean, oh my God, I feel, I actually was, we were exploring, um, coming out here, we're like, let's fly into Chicago. It's close enough to Wisconsin. We'll, um, we'll get a feel for another city. My husband he, I think he misses like more of a city city. Um, he's from East Coast and we lived in New York before San Francisco. So I think he misses a little bit more hustle bustle, mm -hmm. um, even though I think California is, does very well for him. <laughs> yeah. um, but so we went in there and it, it was a nice city, but, and there were th things about it that I liked. And even being here, I'm like, could I see myself with a big house and a yard? And maybe for like a week I did. And then I'm like, oh, but I kept thinking about the beach and Golden Gate Bridge and Point Reyes hiking. And every time I fly into the airport and you just see like the rolling hills, it just like takes my breath away and I fall in love all over again. So it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to believe. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, you also mentioned being a traveling nurse, which I think is really interesting because I've spoken with a few traveling nurses I Oh, like recently actually which is funny um just like people i run into that's a really interesting that's a really interesting opportunity that you guys have because you can basically pick i mean there's openings all over the place so you can basically be like i want to try out this city and i want to try out that that's so cool mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah. is it hard to pick up the jobs when you like when you're hopping from place to place or are they pretty consistent like same technology same processes um, i mean it's always similar um, but there's definitely every hospital kind of it has its own culture mm -hmm. that you have to adapt to um, and yeah I mean for the most part it's fairly easy I actually uh, my first travel assignment I was only I'd only been a nurse for two years mm -hmm. and so I was a little nervous because I wasn't like that experienced and labor and delivery. It's like, you know, after 10 years, you finally feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was amazed because I had trained at UCLA um, down in Westwood, which is a high risk hospital, very similar to UCSF. And so I was amazed when I went to this smaller hospital as a travel nurse, like actually how much knowledge I had and how much experience I already had um, going into it, even though I hadn't been a nurse that long. Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of going from there, I think that just really built my confidence. Um, you definitely have to be very adaptable and very flexible with just your being a nurse and your assignments and working with people you don't know and, um, you know, trying to gain respect and just 
people people's confidence <laughs> in your ability um, as a nurse. So um, yeah, it's, I think it takes a lot of courage in some way to, cause you do, I mean, you get two days of training and then you're sort of like, Whoa. In. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You, you gotta you like need know to, your stuff. Yeah, yeah. You need to be able to ask a lot of questions and like be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious too, with your experience as a labor and delivery nurse, like now having been in that space myself, um, I mean, there's so much I don't remember of it, of course, but I mean, I always, I remember the nurses being like my lifeline through that experience. Um, and there's, there's something like my, so my grandmother was a nurse. Um, my mother-in-law was a nurse. My mother-in-law's sister was a nurse. I know I'm going to be missing people as I'm saying this, so hopefully family who's listening don't hold it against me, but I have a cousin who's a nurse. I have friends that are nurses and there's just there's like a certain type of person that can handle one being a nurse and then being a labor and delivery nurse, because like that is, that is high stakes. That is drama. That is, I mean, and it's also, I imagine one of the most beautiful um, roles that you can have, you know, to be able to experience, I mean, you're experiencing life every day Mm -hmm. and and sometimes death. Mm -hmm. I want to acknowledge that too, but um yeah, how did you make the decision to go into to labor and delivery? Um, it's funny because when I was in nursing school, I actually thought I wanted to work in pediatrics and mm-hmm. like oncology. Um, I had um, actually a really dear family friend, um, her son that I was also his babysitter um, had, was sick at the time. And um that was what was really pulling my heart. But actually when I was in school um, and did my maternity rotation, I just fell in love with it. Um, I loved the teaching piece um, because I feel like the entire time the nurse is with the labor nurse or postpartum nurses with their patients, like it's just constant teaching because everything's like so new to the new mom or the, um, Mm -hmm. the parents. And, um, yeah, it was just, that was the, the piece that stuck um, when I left, when I was done with nursing school. And that's what I decided I wanted to go into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, through that experience, I, because I was actually reflecting on thinking about like, wow, how I imagine it being a really fulfilling career, you know, to be, to truly be giving so, like, you're really, you, you're, you're so helpful. <laughs> yeah, I can talk as the patient, you know, I think our nurse, um, we had a couple good nurses. There's always like, you know, one person you run into that you're like, we didn't really vibe well, but um, we had this one nurse uh, the first couple nights that I was, that I was there, I ended up having an emergency C-section. And so we were laying in there and like new parents exhausted. And um, she, uh, she had offered to, to like, watch blue for a couple hours at night so we could sleep and looking back I was like I'm surprised that I was okay with that but I was like yeah what do you think Steven sounds good okay yeah that sounds good you know and she just and I knew that I knew I, I don't know I just like trusted her I just like I just felt like this is maybe I was like still on some drugs I don't know but I'm like yeah that sounds good to me and um like thinking I was thinking back on that like 
what the hell was I, I is that normal? I, I don't know. But then she would come back in and she'd say, yeah, we just were hanging out with the ladies outside and Blue is fine. And she just got a little fussy, a little hungry. So I thought I'd bring her in. Like, awesome. <laughs> but um, anyways, I digress. But I wanted to just pause on that because it's, I just, I think about those nurses all the time, actually, when I, when, as I'm like interviewing mm-hmm. moms and I'm just kind of in this world now, I'm like, I revisit my experience a lot. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, you have a really important job and a lot of people probably think about you still too. Um, but yeah, so let's get into hypnobirthing. So you said that you, um, you got into it and you used it for your first birth with Teddy. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, how did you come across it? Yeah. So when I was a new grad, um, I, when I was training to labor and delivery, it was, I don't know, maybe my like sixth day in on the unit. And, um, I had already seen some more medicalized (laughs) deliveries and this woman came in and I'll never forget. She was just this like beautiful, tall woman, um, and her partner, and she was super quiet. She was in labor. And um, I think when she got admitted, she was like five or six centimeters dilated. And she sat in a rocking chair mm. for probably five hours um, and just rocked. And every time she had a contraction, she would just rock and breathe um, in this like super calm, very just in control, peaceful way. And the whole time I was just amazed because like, what is this? (laughs) Um, And then when it came time for birthing, she, you know, laid on her side and she delivered um, probably within an hour of pushing and she was kind of breathing and pushing kind of a combination of that. And um, I'll never forget because she actually had this playlist Um, that kept playing over and over again. There were probably like 10 songs. And the last song was Rainbow Connection sung by Kermit the Frog. (laughs) (laughs) So random. (laughs) That's the song that Kermit was born, I mean, that her baby was born to. Um, So later I realized that I had witnessed a hypnobirth. Like she didn't come in with a, you know, birth preferences or anything. There wasn't they didn't like name what it was when they had come in, but I realized afterwards, like, Oh, that's, that's a hypnobirth. As I started learning more about Mm. hypnobirthing as um, I just was gaining more experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So that memory kind of just stuck in the back of my mind. And so when it came time for when I was pregnant, um, I was kind of conflicted because I wanted to, do some sort of childbirth education. I wanted my husband to have some knowledge. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, what, what can I do that's going to be different from what I already know? And I knew I wanted to try to go natural. Um, and I also was feeling a little anxiety around just from all of my experience as a labor and delivery nurse, um, kind of wanting to ward off the, we call it the nurse curse. Mm. <laughs> So of like I, all the things you've seen and you know that like <laughs> all the things that could happen, that's where your mind goes. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I wanted to figure out how do I let go of that? And um, I started doing some research and I found a hypnobirthing class in Berkeley and I just signed up right away. 
again, didn't really do a whole lot of research into like what was behind it, um, but I, I had witnessed a few more hypnobirths at that time. Still not quite understanding, but I just knew that it was something I wanted to do. And so, um, yeah, I went through the, the class series and um, I just really enjoyed the teachings. There's a lot of um, just basically a lot of learning of how to like get yourself into this really deep state of relaxation. And so there's a recording called the rainbow relaxation, which is kind of ironic because that baby was born to rainbow <laughs> connection. <laughs> Maybe that's um, why she had it on. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you basically are supposed to listen to every day up to the time of your birth and you can listen to it actually while you're in labor if you'd like to. Um, but the point of these, this recording and also what is learned in the classes of like, how do you teach yourself how to drop into deep relaxation? Mm -hmm. And so the more and more you listen to it, you're changing basically the thoughts and sort of patterns in your mind. So when you actually go into labor, your reaction is to relax, is to let go, is to just be calm. And so that's why with hypnobirthing, women are able to, sort of all this work before you actually go into labor is kind of training for when it comes time that you just know how to deep, to drop into a really deep state of relaxation. Mm. My perception of it, and I assume other people may have the same assumption, is that, is that through hypnobirthing, you can remove the pain, that you have a painless birth experience. Is that true? Is that the point of it? Is, or is there another way that, that we can express? I know you just talked about dropping into a relaxation point. Mm -hmm. so, so what was your experience with it? So with, um, I'll talk a little bit about actually what hypnobirthing kind of teaches and then mm -hmm. my own experience. So with what it teaches um, is by basically the idea is that pain in labor um, like with contractions, um, is caused by fear and tension. And so it's the fear, it's the stories that you've heard of these like really hard, painful births and labors. It's those thoughts in your mind that is producing those feelings and belief systems. And so when it comes time that you're actually having contractions, you're tensing up, you're fearful of what is happening. And so it's actually, that is what's causing the pain. Um, and so when you're able to remove the fear and tension, the theory is that you are removing the pain of labor. Mm -hmm. um, and that's in sort of, without any special circumstances, that is a, you know, a very normal, healthy mom, healthy baby, healthy pregnancy, healthy labor. Mm -hmm. um, there are other factors that obviously can cause pain um, while you're in going into labor. Mm -hmm. My own experience is, I don't think I would ever tell anyone that birth is pain-free because <laughs> it's not. Um, I think that there are probably women that could say that they didn't experience any pain at all. Um, but pain is not the first word that comes to mind when I think of my own birth experiences. Um, intense is 
what I always describe it as first because everything I felt was really intense. Um, I had a really fast labor with both of my children. Um, the, I skipped sort of that pre-labor like first stage and went right into contracting every three minutes. <laughs> um, and it was just like my, it was a very intense experience. Um, but I wouldn't say it was like necessarily painful. I mean, it was definitely uncomfortable. There was a lot of pressure. Um, you know, at one point, Teddy was really low. I mean, I felt like he was going to be coming out of my butt, basically. Like it was, there was so much pressure and it was just so intense. And, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't time to start pushing yet. And so there were moments of like this really just intense discomfort um and there were you know certain pains here and there but i wouldn't ever describe it as being like the super painful experience mm -hmm. um, whereas i think a lot of women do mm -hmm. um uh, so that's yeah that's my experience um and yeah with hypnobirthing you're sort of taught you know if you can remove this tension and fear you're removing the pain um, there's also part of the learning in hypnobirthing um, around words and how you describe um, how you describe labor. You know, we call contractions surges or waves um, because when you think about a contraction, you think of like tensity, like your body just kind of cringes at the thought of a contraction. But when you think of the word wave or surge, you kind of I don't know. I personally think of like riding a wave and I automatically yeah. my body just relaxes. Um, and so even sort of describing things when you're in labor, um, you know, describing things more as like pressure, different sensations, and just kind of changing the language around what you're actually feeling can produce a different reaction in your body. That's really interesting. And I, I'm curious, are some people, does this work better for some people than others? Because I've done like hypnotherapy before and I've spoken with, with that woman before. So I'm curious if it's similar. And, and what I learned from her was that some people it works better on than others or quickly, more quickly than others mm -hmm. um, is in the same way that it, it can be really it can be easier for some people to maybe drop into that place than others. Yeah. So um, with any type of hypnosis, um, and I think it's true for hypnobirthing too, um, the person really wants, needs to want to make the change. Um, so it's all, all hypnosis is really self hypnosis. Mm -hmm. um, so if, an example, like for somebody that goes to um, a hypnotist because they want to quit smoking mm -hmm. um, and they are, you know, they go to all these sessions and they're just unsuccessful and they continue smoking. Well, most likely underneath the layers, that person probably doesn't want to quit. Maybe it's their partner that's telling them, maybe it's, you know, they just feel like, oh, I probably shouldn't be doing this. But in the end, like they really deep down don't want to make the change. Um, so with hypnobirthing, I think that could be true. Um, I think a lot of it's just with hypnobirthing is because, I mean, I, I would imagine most women 
don't want to experience have a really painful experience so that they would want to let that go. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it's, you know, sort of the, the training or the, the, the time you have to put into it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you can't just like pick up a hypnobirthing book and listen to the recordings a couple times and think that it's going to work. Um, you really need to put the time in because every time you listen to these um, recordings and, you know, helping changing your thought patterns, you find yourself easily and faster just getting into this like deep state of relaxation. And so the more and more you do it, just the easier and faster your body, it becomes for your body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so again, when you, when it comes time for labor, you're able to like really drop into that. Um, And of course there are all those other factors that come in too. I mean, clearly we don't have complete control of, (laughs) of our birth experience as um, I'm sure you can um, attest to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what is important um, and that I always hope that's the biggest takeaway to my clients is that they feel empowered in their birth experience. And so um, another big piece in my classes are actually teaching women and partners how to advocate for themselves and their babies and how to ask the right questions, how to pick out the right provider um, that's going to be supportive for what their preferences are. Um, And then, you know, the, we can't control all these other circumstances, um, obviously that happen, but in the end, like you can control how you are reacting to your environment. Mm -hmm. And so if you're able to remain calm and feel empowered in your decision-making and what's happening in the end, hopefully sort of no matter what the outcome is that you still feel like empowered and that you feel like you were able to make good choices that were for you and for your baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that perspective and it's so true. Um, Yeah. And I can attest to somebody whose birth plan went completely (laughs) the opposite direction. The one thing that I, um, I don't know where I shared this, if it was in my story or if it was on a post recently, but the one thing that I do come back to is I think about my state now, that being said. (laughs) I did feel very relaxed for 90% of it. There was a part of the labor that I think um, it was when I was in labor at the birth center and then, which was my plan, and then had to transfer to the hospital um, that I think mentally I had just kind of like checked out, you know, where I was like, okay, I am now open to any and all situations. And, and with that, I think, um, I lost any, any mental focus that I had, you know, it was like, Mm -hmm. I think I had reached a limit where I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. But also, um, then I, when I got to the hospital, I got an epidural and, and eventually had to get an emergency C-section. And through that whole process, my husband couldn't be in there with me because it ended up, it was a C-section that turned emergency when I was in there. And I remember it was my first surgery and I remember being so nervous. So I'm, I'm bringing this up because I feel like it might be a similar kind of state in what you're talking about with hypnother- hypnobirthing in that um, I immediately went to this place of like, this, is, this feels familiar 
right? I'm scared, I'm nervous, and kind of like seeking like for a time in my life when I also felt like that. And I share this in my birth story, in the birth story episode, but I remember being on a plane that was really turbulent and I hate flying. So it was like this little jet, this like two seater on each side, super turbulent. And um, I was like sweating through my shirt. I was like so anxious, but I remember during that time, I like said a mantra over and over again. I had a rubbing stone, I think. I had a playlist of like a yoga teacher whose music I really like. And I just played it over and over and over again. Um, and the the stress and the fear was still there. It was still very much alive. But it was like I was able to kind of dance between this place of like, Oh my God, like my mind wanted me to pull back to that fear place of like, oh my God, this turbulence, I'm going to die or whatever is going on in my head to then like, nope, come back to the breath, come back to the breath, listen to the music, rub your stone. I'm going to die. Nope. Come back. Keep coming back. And I imagine, you know, that's not something that I just did. I would do that over like, over plane. Like I would do it on like takeoff for every flight for like years and like little tiny turbulence. I would just zone out. I would listen to my music so I had been like preparing for that flight, you know, I knew. And then I brought that back with me. And I remember making a mental pin too. I wasn't pregnant at the time. I wasn't even, we weren't even thinking at the time, but I remember thinking like, I got to remember this when I'm in labor because I feel like, I feel like this has got to be similar in some way. And, yeah. <laughs> and I was able to pull on that moment when I was, you know, on the operating table and, and going through that experience, um, alone for a while and was able to stay very calm. And at, at one point my husband came back into the room and he wanted to talk or something like, you're doing so good. And I was just like, Shh, don't talk to me. I'm breathing. I'm relaxing. You know, I just was like in the zone. So the way that you describe even that woman that you witnessed, it makes me think about, it's gotta be something like that. Right. Am I, am I reading that correctly? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all based on that mind body connection. So if, you know, yeah, I mean, I definitely can relate to that putting your mind somewhere else and like mm -hmm. your body kind of is carried there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's really what it is all about is really teaching your mind, which is then connected to your body, like how to react to, um, to labor and to your birth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you found, um, before I dive in and ask more questions about what, what actually like learning is and what the process is of like learning about hypnobirthing, I'm curious, like, have you used um, like the training that you've done through hypnobirthing in other experiences as well? Yeah, I think um, I have to say I've integrated a lot of it into um meditation um mm -hmm. and i don't have a very consistent daily meditation practice which i always try to but um yeah i find it's really helpful for um releasing stress um to just you know it's it's not it's not often that you just kind of make a point to like really relax and just sort of like let go of all tension and so there's different um ways of basically teaching yourself how to relax. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of um, some things that is even like used in yoga. Um, but 
you know, kind of doing like a body scan and sort of stopping, starting from your top of your head down to your toes and kind of going through and relaxing like each part, you know, you relax your eyes and your cheeks and you just progressively like go down and sort of send your breath into any other areas of tension. Um, that is, you know, that can be used in hypnobirthing. It can be used in meditation. It's a great practice for daily life. Um, and yeah, I've found um, there's a lot of teaching around breath work. Um, there's one breath that I always love using and love talking about, um, the calm breath. And mm -hmm. basically you're taking a long inhale and then you're exhaling about twice as long. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very calming breath, um, really calming for the nervous system. And it's something I use um, on a daily basis, you know, when I'm with my three-year-old and um, I'm getting frustrated about something. Um, I've actually been teaching him how to breathe when he gets frustrated. And um, yeah, it's something that's always kind of on my mind. Um, and just that, okay, how do I relax? How do I let go of tension? Um, what is, what is this, fear that might be sort of bubbling up inside how do i you know address it but then also let it go mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah so the four seven eight breath is is my favorite go-to yep. um, <laughs> yeah inhale four hold for seven exhale for eight um yeah it, breath is uh an amazing tool for relaxation it's one of my favorites mm -hmm. and the full body relaxation i've done that a few times in my mm -hmm. classes um well great so let me dive into more specifics then. So I'm curious, like, let's say, um, yeah, I'm looking to, to learn about hypnobirthing and I want to, I'm pregnant. I'm, you know, when is a good time? Well, my first question is like, how early would you recommend somebody doing this? Like, if they're like, I'm going to have a baby in like two, three years, should I start, <laughs> should I start listening to the tapes now and working on this release? <laughs> um, I think, you know, like middle of your second trimester um, into your third trimester. Mm -hmm. um, I probably wouldn't do it any earlier than second trimester. I probably wouldn't do it like in your first trimester just, just because um, I feel like there's a lot of things that you learn in the class that might be lost by the time you actually, um, it comes time for labor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess you could always take a refresher. Yeah. <laughs> um, but most it's mainly suggested, you know, like second trimester, early third trimester. Mm -hmm. um, I have to admit when I took it, I was the most pregnant person in the room. And <laughs> I think I delivered two weeks later. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so um, I definitely feel like I kind of you know, crammed it all in, but, um, so it, you can do it a little bit last minute if you have to, it, I think it's better than not doing it. Um, yeah. if it's something you're interested in doing, but, um, yeah, so it's mainly second trimester and, uh, early third trimester. <laughs> so I think you already answered this. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask it again in case there's anything else that comes up. Cause I don't think I officially asked it, but how does hypnobirth actually work? How does it, how does it work? So um, basically, so I'll, let me describe the classes a little bit. So the classes are, it's five weeks. Um, and, and this is all, I don't think I mentioned this. This is all the Marie um, Monaghan um, no, method. No, so yes. Okay. Can you explain that? <laughs> yeah. So Marie uh, Monaghan 
is basically the originator of hypnobirthing. Um, there's a lot of other hypnobirth versions out there. Um, and a lot of those practitioners did the original first and kind of have created their own. Um, so I'm teaching basically the, the original teachings from Marie Monhan. She, yeah, she actually passed away um, about a year ago. She was in her 80s and she had just really completely dedicated her life to women and the belief that women, you know, should be able to have a natural childbirth and really wanted to empower women in that um, because at the time, when she gave birth for her own children, birth was very medicalized. Um, it was really treated as a medical event. It was the time of twilight birth when you know women were basically kind of knocked out at the end um, and oftentimes didn't remember their birthing experience. They would wake up and the baby would have been delivered. This happened, she had three children and this happened to her twice and she had really wanted a natural childbirth and the third time she went to her doctor and was like listen like i really want a natural childbirth um if you're not going to be there like i'm going to find another provider that will be there because i need somebody that's going to support me in that because both times with her previous children when she got there there her provider wasn't there and so this the whole thing happened. Um, mm. So she finally, her third child, she was able to have the birth that she wanted. And then um, when her daughter was um, pregnant, um, she basically had taught her daughter and a couple of her friends that were also pregnant hypnobirthing. Um, she had created, I guess, the relaxation method and like, you know, teaching these women that birth was a natural, normal process. And that's kind of where it sprouted from. So the other question was then, yeah, so it was the other question. <laughs> what is the, the process or what people could expect um, coming into one of your classes? Oh, yes. So um, basically the classes, they're five classes and they're about a two and a half hours long. And basically the there's sort of a general learning of like, what is hypnosis? What is hypnobirthing? What does that mean? Um, a lot of talk about the mind-body connection. Then as the classes go on, it kind of builds, each class builds off the previous. Um, and so there's learning about the relaxation techniques. You're given a lot of tools um, as far as like different scripts and different ways to sort of teach yourself um, how to get into deeper state of relaxation. Um, so for example, there's things called anchors. So as you're listening to, so you're listening to the rainbow relaxation and every time you're listening to it, you, you smell lavender. You love the smell of lavender. And so you're, putting that scent to basically like your mind is um, equating it to that deep relaxation state that you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so the thought is, you know, if you're kind of doing, keep doing that, every time you smell lavender, you're going to start feeling relaxed because you're just going to start thinking about that relaxation and, you know, thinking about like your body just becoming really calm. Um, Another anchor can be um, different touch. And so sometimes there's a teaching on the, basically your arm dropping. And so 
basically your partner kind of talks you through this, like, you know, when I drop your hand, you'll get into a deeper relaxed state. And this is, you're kind of in this like meditative state already. Mm. And so just that action can help get you into a deeper state. And so you learn all these different techniques in the classes. And so when it comes time, when you're in your labor, um, in the labor process, that um, you can call upon these different things. Um, so it's sort of setting you up for um, setting up, setting you up for the birth. Yeah, there's the recordings. There's a lot of education around how the body works and how birth works. Um, so you learn about your the autonomic nervous system, sort of that your flight or flight response versus sort of like your calm healing room space, um, the parasympathetic versus the um, sympathetic nervous system. And you learn about different hormones. You learn about basically like gifts of the woman's body and of the baby that really what facilitate a natural birth. You know, learning about the fontanelles and the baby's head and the plates and how they mold um, and are able to fit you know, down through the pelvis um, and how, how dilation works. Um, so you learn, it's kind of an extensive birth education class in that way too, because having a better understanding of how the body works, how the process goes, also gives you more confidence in yourself of like, oh, like my body's meant to do this. Whereas like, if you don't really know a whole lot, you're probably going to, women probably question more of like, well, how is this baby going to come out? <laughs> um, and so that can also, you know, produce more fear or anxiety around the process. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of that education and just learning is, again, creating a more positive um, body-mind connection in that sense. And then another big piece of the teaching is um, we do a fear release in the class mm. and it's a exercise or hypnosis um, that we go through. And it's basically about you kind of bring all your fears and concerns to the table. And it's this whole guided meditation basically of like how to let go of that. Um, and I must say most of my clients at the end, you know, are just amazed at how it, it feels like it's gone. Yeah. Um, and even like the next week, if I bring it up, they're like, yeah, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I think what I also really love about um, this class is when um, couples are, are able to join together and it's sort of, and, or if you're a single mom too, I think it's just great that you are dedicating this amount of time to learning about birth, to having, taking the time to connect to your baby, connect with your partner. Um, because, you know, a lot of birth classes are, you know, like a Saturday from, you know, either three hours or it's like an intensive, like eight hour class. And probably by the time the eight hours is done, you're just like completely exhausted. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a, you know, one day affair. And so what I love about these classes is that through those, those weeks, you know, the couples or the, the 
moms are able to really think about birth, connect with their babies, connect with their partners. Um, and it kind of creates almost like a little ritual. And there's a lot of exercises that I give um, my clients to, you know, do during the week to, again, kind of continue to facilitate the learning and the experience um, of the, the classroom. Yeah. Kind of hypnobirthing. It, those, um, my husband and I did a couple of those, um, like, well, through the birth center, there were, um, like biweekly courses and classes that we met and did together, okay. but then also there were things outside of that that we did. And, um, I mean, especially as like a first time mom, when you have a little bit more time to do that, it's, it is so nice. And it, it's mm-hmm. a way to like really involve like my partner, um, mm-hmm the non-birthing partner, right? To feel a little bit more connected to their baby to, and I think that connection really helped facilitate a lot of conversations around like how I, how like my expectations or like what I was hoping, um, how I was hoping he would show up for me during that day or things that I like, I'd like him to do or not to do, which I think even changed the day of, but it at least made that a conversation that like it was on our minds. that I really appreciate it. And I mm-hmm. think, um, and I can even imagine if you have, you know, if you already have a kid or two to, to dedicate the time is almost like a date night, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be a nice, like, I really did feel very connected to my husband in those moments, mm-hmm. um, which I think was helpful because most of the time I, I was kind of one of those like cranky pregnant ladies, <laughs> except towards the end. I, I thought, I thought he was hilarious. I'm usually, I think I'm like the funnier one of us too. I don't know if he would, <laughs> if he would challenge me on that, but um, towards the end of the pregnancy, I thought he was hilarious. Like I was like peeing my pants laughing at the jokes that he would have. And it was like a new experience for us. And I, I feel like part of it was because of this like connection that we were forming through these courses yeah. and yeah. You know, not getting like frustrated with him that I'm pregnant and he's not. This <laughs> is a way to like feel more like a family already. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. sweet. Um, yeah. yeah. There's also a whole section on, yeah. How do partners support the mothers in the, in labor with positions, things to say. <laughs> There's a lot of tools that um, I think are really helpful for partners um, in this course too. Yeah. I was going to ask, well, I have two questions. How, how do partners support um, in labor or what are some of the ways that you encourage partners to support in labor if the birthing partner is trying to do their hypnobirthing routines and listening to music? And like you said, that woman, like rocking in the chair, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how, is that something that they create together of like maybe a routine together, a support system? How, how can that, had the non-birthing partner be involved? Yeah, I think it's, um, it can vary obviously from couple to couple and what the mother is sort of wanting in the experience. Um, as far as the birthing partner, um, one of their main purposes um, in the, in labor is to sort of be the guardian, um, to be the the, the, key, the keeper, the protector of the mother in that time. Um, so to make sure that she is feeling safe, um, that she, you know, 
as far as like her environment, um, that the room is staying calm, um, you know, lights dim or however the mother is kind of wanting the room, the vibe to be, mm -hmm. to sort of maintain that I think is really important. Obviously a lot of it is on the mother. And so it's the, mo the mother that's kind of going, going in within um, during the birth experience. But as far as the partner, um, it's important to, for them to know how to assist mom in different positions, or if maybe there's a time that he can see that the part or she can see that the partner is struggling with something. Um, maybe there's like some fear coming up um, with hypnobirthing. There's a lot of different like tools. Um, there's a visualization that we like to use a lot with um, basically a hot air balloon sort of carrying away the fears. And so there's um, a guided, um, meditation that the partner can talk their partner through mm. offering water and food and making sure that you know she's taken care of that way um, and then also being um, an advocate for for the mom um, especially in the hospital if there's um, things coming up that, you know, maybe the providers are wanting to do interventions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there may be a time that the mom is just kind of like in her groove um, and that she doesn't necessarily want to talk to anyone. And so um, it, it often is the partner's role to be the one that's talking to the provider and asking the questions and sort of kind of going back to the mother and, you know, talking to them about what is, what is happening. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes with hypnobirthing, like women don't want to know, um, you know, like what dilation they are or certain information. They just, at the time they, they don't want to know. Yeah. Um, and that so was some, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it's like the partner, that's the one that's holding that information. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, the main thing is to be the protector, to really like hold that environment, hold space for um, the birthing, birthing mother. Yeah. The other question that I had was, um, if you're, um, let's see, so in the, in the classes, you talked about how it's, you're learning more than just relaxation techniques. You're kind of learning about birth, you're learning about um, different positions, you're, the partner's learning about how they can be a better support system and advocate, like you said. Um, but in terms of the, the relaxation techniques, is there a time in labor that you encourage people to start it? Like, is it like, I imagine if you're like the second, I guess it depends because everyone's labor is different. Like you said, you skip kind of like the beginning part. Whereas like, I was like wide awake for probably my very first contraction to 30 hours later giving birth, you know? So like <laughs> long process, but as soon as I felt that first contraction, I was like, okay, I'm, I know my position on the toilet, I'm sitting backwards and I am not moving. And I like did not move for like seven hours. Like no one could get me off that toilet. And, um, and looking back, I'm like, like, I kind of wish I would have like distracted myself a little bit because this was like a long ass time to be sitting on the toilet. Like, you know, like your ankles were swollen anyways, but the, my feet were like red, like no <laughs> circulation was getting there. But I'm like, you can't pry me off this thing. So I imagine like, you know, I could have started implementing my relaxation techniques then. Um, 
it just, I would have been doing it for 30 hours. So I guess I'm curious, like, is there a time, like, do you encourage people to try, uh, if you can, starting before active labor, um, before things get too crazy, you know, or like with you, you kind of jumped right into it. So was it like, no, you just trained yourself to then just start doing it right away? (laughs) Um, I think part of it is with all the sort of work that you do beforehand with listening to the relaxation um, recording and you've already kind of primed and trained your mind for when things start, you're automatically already thinking about relaxation and staying calm. Um, Obviously like you're, there's many different phases and versions of what labor looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would say you kind of have to go with your intuition. So um, I would say like, if things are just kind of starting, um, the best thing to do is probably remain distracted mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and kind of, you know, go about whatever it is that you're doing. Um, you know, just because you had your first contraction or surge um, doesn't mean every, the world needs to stop. But um, yeah, distraction can be a really helpful thing to kind of get you a little bit further along. Um, but as intensity starts to increase, um, some women find it really helpful to listen to the recording um, because it, they're kind of, again, just reminding themselves like, okay, this is how I'm supposed to feel when I go into labor. Um, there's also a recording of birth affirmations um, that can be really, really beneficial. Um, and that's also something that you listen to in sort of your training, <laughs> training mode. Um, But that is something that's really helpful when you start to go into labor while you're in, in um, further along. Um, But yeah, I personally, I I think I listened to the recording once when I was in triage and then, I don't know, my husband found some recording from like Burning Man (laughs) that we listened to. on repeat because it was like the only thing the sound the only sound that I liked so we listened to that probably at least 10 times (laughs) yeah when I was actually in labor it's just yeah and I've been (laughs) you just don't know there were so many things that I had said ahead of time my husband like don't do that or do that and it was like he would be doing it and like why are you doing that (laughs) you told me to do that no don't do that yeah (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, and as you know, like when you go in, when labor starts, like I've, I mean, I both with both of my children, my water, my membranes released first before I had even had a contraction. And so mm-hmm. for me, like the second that water started coming out, like I just immediately went into this like very vulnerable place. Um, and I don't know, I think there were a lot of hypnobirthing tools that I had that kind of went out the window because it didn't seem, that just didn't resonate with me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if things had been slower for me or if I maybe I had a longer first phase um, or like, you know, the early labor piece, I probably would have used a lot more of the tools that um, I had been given. But um, for me, music was my 
that was my tool um, in breath work. Um, and yeah, I've had, um, I had a delivery a while back and the woman listened to, was listening to, it wasn't this particular one that I keep referring to, but it was somebody else, um, their hypnobirth relaxation recording. And it was on repeat for five hours <laughs> on a speaker. I mean, it wasn't even just in her ears. And it was funny because she had a really, um, she had a beautiful delivery, um, but the baby crowned for a very long time. So mm. there was a, a very long period where we all were sort of waiting for this baby to enter the world. And the second the baby came off, came out, the doula like hit stop. <laughs> she, had, she had clearly had enough. <laughs> it's like, okay, I think we've all, we've all had enough here. <laughs> I think everyone in the room was just like so relieved that it was off. Um, but that was, that was what that woman needed. That was like yeah. what got kept her in her groove. And so I think, again, it's really just listening to your intuition. Um, but it's also when your partner can be really helpful in, you know, making suggestions if he feels like, or she feels like something's not working at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's so great to meet you finally and to talk yeah, with you. Thanks you for helping um, fill my world with this. I'm already thinking like, I've been keeping a checklist of things that I want to do and don't want to do if I decide to have another child and <laughs> exploring hypnobirth is definitely one of them. Yes.